How's it going, guys? Tyler Solberg with the Solver Performance Training Podcast, and today is episode number 17. Um, as always, I will be reading questions that I got either through the podcast email, social media, um, or questions that I got from clients uh, via the Solver Performance Training app. Um, I think before I get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, I think we should talk about, uh, you know, I see one of the first questions is, uh, why haven't you been podcasting? I think the easiest explanation for that simply is um, I moved earlier, um, you know, probably about four or five months ago. Um, I kind of got away from doing the podcast when I moved because I really just didn't have a setup to do it, um, a room that was design designated for the podcast like I did at the house I was living at. Um, and then I think it's like anything else. I, I think people know that with like working out. Um, or any sort of thing that they do when you get away from it from a while. You're like, man, you know, I'm going to do it next week. Um, I'll do it the week after that. Uh, and then time passes, time passes, and you pick your head up and you're like, holy smokes, you know, I haven't, I haven't done a podcast in, uh, you know, four or five months. But that happens. And I, I think another thing is, you know, sometimes you have to, to disconnect to reconnect a little bit too. So, um, you know, nothing... Uh, I don't think I, I didn't do the podcast for any bad reasons. I've actually had um, a lot of really great opportunities come up lately. Um, I started working with Endurance Rehab twice a week, working with the MLS team um, Tuesday and Thursday nights. Um, so that's been occupying a bit of my time working with soccer. Um, I've been working on improving the software that I've been using for the Sulper Performance Training app. So um, in working at Endurance, I started updating a lot of the videos that I had. You know, when I originally started my business, I was filming uh, my videos with only dumbbells and kettlebells because that's all I had. And I was filming it in my living room in my backyard because that's all I had. Uh, you know, the nice thing now is, you know, I have access to a full uh, professional performance facility now with turf and sleds and barbells and cable pulleys and, you know, anything you can think of. So um, I really have a nice setup for that. So I've been working on filming a lot of um, videos, um, just in updating some of the videos I currently have and then adding new ones um, with the new equipment I have. I really think that I'm putting together something awesome, um, something awesome that's going to allow me to scale my business over time too and bring other trainers on board. Um, I think I'm doing, John Berardi talks about this is wait to hire until you're until it hurts. I think that's really what I'm trying to do is I want to update my site, update my software that I use. So the workout quality, the video quality, the habit quality, uh, the personalized nutrition report quality and things like that. Um, so that once I reach the capacity on the amount of clients I can take for myself, I can scale my business, hire other coaches that can make um, make use of the software that I put together um, and some of the curriculums I put together and then um, expand my reach. I think one of the biggest things that was my goal when I started training was like, I just wanted to maximize the amount of people that I impacted. Um, you know, I, I do, I, I do this job and I coach people because I love people and I want to um, expand upon that and try to impact as many people as I can. And that means I think that means eventually bringing other trainers on board um, and coaching them up in my philosophies and um, systems and things like that so that they can go out and help more people. I can only coach so many people um, with the amount of hours I have in my day. And, 
you know, in, in person and online. And I want to make sure that I continue to grow and expand so that I can impact other coaches that can go on and impact other clients and they can, you know, impact the people around them, like their family and their friends and their children someday. Um, that's really an important thing to me. So, um, like I said, it's been a while since I've done a podcast, but I think it's for all the right reasons, hopefully. And, um, you know, I had to disconnect a little bit to reconnect with, um, some of my values and some of the things, um, that I wanted to, um, make my mission and what I do in my business and in life too. Um, (laughs) I will say another thing too is, uh, and I won't be one of those obnoxious people about this, but I, you know, I have a girlfriend now. Um, so, you know, I, I spend a lot of time with her. I spend a lot of time talking to her. She, um, is amazing. And, you know, so, um, I spend time with her that I would maybe rather, uh, you know, I'd maybe rather spend with her than, than doing a podcast. Although I will make time for this in the future. (laughs) Um, so let's go through the, um, let's go through the questions now. I'm going to tell you right in a, in advance. I might be a little rusty here, um, but I'm going to give my best because, well, I'm here for you guys. So the first one says, um, <laughs> do you ever get scared doing the podcast? Yeah, that's a great question. I, Man, I, I get scared doing a lot of things. I think a lot of the time I forget that the only thing I'm formally trained in is uh, being a, a strength and conditioning coach, being a nutrition coach. But, you know, in starting this business a year ago, I had to teach myself a lot of different things. And a lot of that stuff's scary. You know, it's like I had to make a website for myself. I worry all the time that it doesn't look good enough, that it doesn't look professional. I started a podcast. I worry all the time that, you know, I'm giving good information and that people connect with my message and, um, you know, that I'm reaching people that are like me and and want to get better and improve themselves and uh, not just in fitness, but in life. Um, so yeah, I get, I get scared doing the podcast sometimes. I, I think it's like, I, I would say this too, and I say this humbly, you know, when I prepare to give a, a public, um, speech or something like that, you know, I, I prepare really hard and I generally do do well. And, um, so, so I consider myself a competent public speaker. Um, I just had to do, uh, give a presentation for endurance rehab, uh, the other day about implementing, um, an app, um, for their health and wellness program and, and working with their athletes. Um, I felt like that went really well. Um, I had to present for, uh, the owner of the three locations for endurance rehab and then my boss Ian as well. And I felt like that went really good. I'm actually meeting with the directors coming up here pretty soon, um, in November to talk about rolling out an app and me putting together an app for them. Um, but yeah, you, you know, I hear, I think this is a thing I, I get scared every time I, I have a, I, I do public speaking or I do a podcast or I have to give a presentation. So, um, I think that's just a part of it. I think the big thing is, you know, if you're someone that does get scared doing new things or speaking or things like that, you know, I, I realize a lot of the anxiety for me comes from a place of like, it comes from a good place. Like I just want to do a good job. You know, like when I come up here, I want to make sure that like I give the people that listen to me the my best self and good information and I make them feel good and make them feel connected. So I get nervous before I jump on these podcasts because I'm just like, man, I really hope, you know, they hear me and I really hope I connect with them. So I do get scared, but it it's 
you know, it's kind of like doing the website. It's kind of like doing the app and, you know, giving a presentation to try to build an app for someone and um, all these other things I'm doing, you know, making videos of myself. And, you know, I, I think I just try to do stuff anyways when it scares me. And, um, you know, I hope that if you're someone that's listening to this, like you realize that like I'm not formally training half the stuff I do. So um, if there's something you want to go out and do and you and you love it and you're willing to learn and you're willing to like feel stupid um, for a little bit. You know, that's you, you should go out and do it because um, you can teach yourself and you can improve uh, just about anything you take on. Um, OK, this next one is and I, and I like I said before, I'm going to ramble a little bit today because I haven't done this in a while. But I told myself, hey, um, I'm going to knock one out tonight and that'll be that. So the next one, the next question is who inspires you? Man, I like that question a lot. Um I, a lot of people do. Um, my clients inspire me, um, all their hard work and dedication, the way they, they show up over and over. Um, even when they experience setbacks, even when they have other things going on in their life, even when they're wearing a ton of hats, right? Like I have a lot of clients that, um, are really important people to a lot of people, um, you know, play all these different roles in their life. They're a parent, they're a coworker, they're a leader in their community, things like that. And, uh, they inspire me by like being able to balance all that and still trying to make time for themselves and their body and their health and fitness and things like that and, and valuing that. That's that inspires me. Um, I would say, too, um, if I'm being honest, like I said, I don't want to be the obnoxious uh, boyfriend guy, but realistically, you know, my girlfriend inspires me a lot. Um, she's a very hardworking person. Um, I see all the hard work and dedication she puts into what she does on a daily basis, working um, at her job. And, um, you know, she just, I think like just having someone that I really care about like that, like motivates me to like go out and do my best and, and yeah, make money, but also just like be my best self for her and, um, and myself and myself too. Um, so she inspire me, inspires me a ton. And then I would say, um, you know, my family and, you know, probably, probably the, the person I, I talk to on the most consistent basis for my family would be like my grandma. Um, and I really have for most of my life. She's been very like constant for me. Um, I've been going through, I, I mean, ever since college, she's written me, uh, letters pretty much, you know, every month, just like things that are like quotes and, um, stories about her life. And, you know, I always, I always like, I'm a storyteller just by nature. Like I love telling stories about my, uh, my family. I love telling stories about like athletics. I love telling stories about my friends and, uh, just all the crazy stuff that we've done and all the good stuff we've done and like stories about like client successes and things like that. But she's like a very natural storyteller too. Like she'll send me these, um, letters every month and I'll talk about like, um, it'll start with quotes, um, you know, so she'll, 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 uh, she reads a ton just like me. I think I got that from her, but I, uh, she reads a ton. And, um, so she'll, she'll put quotes in the beginning. Um, some of the ones I'm just looking at one of the ones she, she wrote me right now. And, um, one of them says, um, some of the biggest lessons I have learned in life have been through making mistakes. Uh, Joyce Meyer, that's, uh, the person who that quote is from, uh, she reads a lot of Joyce Meyer books. Um, you know, the secret to success is to be able to make 
your vocation, your vacation. I love that quote. Um, you know, for me, like I see a lot of people, you know, my life isn't perfect. Right. And I'm not a millionaire by any, any means, but I, I, I'm very lucky that I get to make a living in what I do. So, um, I love that. I love, like she always talks about, like, you know, if you like do what you love, you, you, that whole thing of like, you don't work a day in your life. And I think that's, I think that's true. I find myself feeling that way when I, um, film or I, I'm making new programs or I'm on client calls. Like I just lose myself in that and it doesn't feel like work. I enjoy it and I love it. Um, but she, yeah, she really inspires me. And then some of the things that she's been writing in the letters to me lately are just like stories about her upbringing. Like, um, like I said, I'm a natural storyteller. I love telling stories and she does too, but like, I'm always been a person where I like want to connect with more, um, of like where I'm from and like, you know, like what were, what were my parents' lives like growing up? Like what were my, what was my grandma's like life like growing up? Like what were her parents like? And so she's been sharing a lot of like the stories of her upbringing. Um, she's from Iowa, um, you know, she talks about like going to the, you know, band festivals in Mason City and Hobo Days and Brit and um, going to the county fair and Clear Lake on the 4th of July. And, um, you know, what she used to do with her dad, like growing up, her dad just sounds like just like the best guy. Um, <clears throat> there's like parts in it that talk about like him making her a basketball hoop so she could play basketball and throwing the softball with her and um, just them playing cards together and checkers and, um, you know, shoveling snow. And she always like kind of like puts like life lessons into it too. Like she like remembers when she was younger that like there was sometimes so much snow that like, you know, they would cancel school for a week at a time. And she's like, my dad was five, seven, five, eight. And, you know, some of the times like the snow was higher than him, like the weather has changed, the climate has changed. Like we don't get snow like that anymore. And um, I don't know. She's <clears throat> yeah, she's she's the best. Um, but um. Um, I think it's, uh, really a, an inspiration for me too. just like the way she conducts herself and talks about her, her dad and her experiences and things like that. And like, she's just this, um, really awesome person. And, you know, um, she talks about her relationship with her dad a lot and like how good he was to her and things like that. Um, you know, I was really lucky that I had like a stepdad growing up, but I lost my biological dad when I was 13. And, um, you know, one of the things that I kind of have set up for myself is, is, um, you know, being a good dad someday. Um, and I think, you know, she really kind of encapsulized that for me, like in a way of, you know, like this is what it's like when you have someone like that in your life. It makes me excited. Like I'm not going to have a, um, you know, a kid any day soon. Right. But, um, I think it's really cool 
some of the things that she shared about her father because um, that's that's good inspiration for me to to want to do that someday. Um, yeah, the, at the and then at the end of the the letter here, she kind of goes into you know like I loved my dad, I miss him every day. Um, I have the comfort I have are the memories of him, and um, I know he is in heaven with my mom. And then it says, I love you, Tyler. I uh, love grandma. And um, she talked about how um, her dad used to read her books to um, all the time. And she's, she sent me some of the old books she used to read me when I would visit her in Minnesota when I was a kid, um, when I was very young. There's a picture she sent me uh, of me holding this book and... Uh, she, she wrote in the note, she said, the, the book enclosed, um, was when you liked me to read, you liked me reading to you. Um, and I would sing the rhymes and, and bounce you on my knee and you enjoyed that. And, uh, the book may have value, especially as it gets older because of the author. Uh, I don't know if he's still living, whatever, but, um, she just goes into, I hope you enjoyed the picture of you with that book. Um, and I do, and I think I, I look at those old pictures with us and I just realize like how long she's, she's been around and, uh, been a constant in my life. And, um, I'm very grateful for her. Uh, she's a big inspiration to me on a, <laughs> on a less heavy note. Um, let's go into the next question here. Um, but yeah, those are the people that inspire me. Um, uh, the next, the next one says, um, what are some good, good books you've read recently? Um, one of the, one of my favorite books I've read recently, um, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I, I, but I, I read a lot on Kindle too. Uh, one of the things I've done to, offset doom scrolling on my phone and, and spending too much time on social media following shit that, you know, I don't need to know and, um, and following people that are not involved in my life in any way. Um, I downloaded the Kindle app and, uh, spent some time, um, whenever I'm gonna, I feel like I want to sit on social media. I just jump on Kindle and read a book. Um, one of the ones I've read recently is called the alchemist. I love the book because it, has so many parallels to my life. Like I have, I've developed this, uh, hero's journey mentality in my life. And it's not because I think like I'm something special or, you know, that the world is centered around me, but I do believe that like, we all have this, like this role in the world. And we have like these things that, um, that we're gifted at and that we should be doing and that we should pursue. And it talks about in the alchemist, it talks about, um, pursuing your own personal, um, I think it's your destiny, your story, like your own personal journey. Like um, everybody has one. And, you know, when you do things and, and you want to um, and you want to fulfill that destiny of yours, like when you want to go out and fulfill that, um, the world conspires in ways to make that happen. And I think it's um, I think it does remind me a lot of my life because uh you know, one of the things is they talk about the guy leaving um, his home and, and sheep. And I think metaphorically, 
they talk about the sheep kind of being like your friends back home, you know, like they're, they're used to the routine of doing things the way they've always done and living the life that is familiar to them. And, you know, they'll always be there. And it talks about in the book, how he sells them and in pursuit of his, you know, his own personal destiny to, to go out and find his, his, uh, his fortune and his treasure. And that's really like, I, I think it's, it's crazy because when I think about like me leaving Wisconsin and leaving what was familiar, um, that's a lot of the way that I felt about my life. Like I was really scared to move here and I was scared to leave behind the life I knew and the people I knew and the way I was living, right? Like I live life the way a lot of people in Wisconsin do and they're great people, but it's like, you know, their life, it just revolves around the bar and like, you know, they work some job that's like unfulfilling, just, you know, to stack money to, to go and sit in the bars all weekend. And so it's like, I started to get to the point before I left Wisconsin that I just like, I wasn't feeling fulfilled with that and it just wasn't enough for me. And that was like enough to tug at me to make the move. And, um, you know, another part of the alchemist talks about how, about finding your, your treasure in the desert. And, you know, obviously like symbolically for me, that means a lot. I, I live in Arizona, which is a desert and along the way, you know, the, the main character in the story meets people. Um, that lead him to the next part of his journey, that lead him to the next part of his journey. And there's all these omens and signs that um, that direct him in um, in the way of, you know, making it to his um, to his treasure and things like that. And I don't know, it's just very symbolic for me in that way of I feel like that's how life's worked for me is, you know, I moved here and a lot of it was really hard. Um, it was really hard starting a business. It was really hard starting from scratch, and it was hard not having um, a ton of friends and and having to meet people and having to just start from scratch, really. And I, I had to teach myself how to do all these things to just make ends meet and make a living, and it sucked. Um, but through like determination and not giving up and like giving my best and putting myself out there and um, meeting new people, I think I get closer and closer to like my treasure in the desert every day. Um, you know, I have a lot of opportunities coming up for me here with um, some of the companies that I'm working with and um, my clients and, you know, potentially expanding my business in the future. I'm, I'm really excited for a lot of that stuff. And um, so, yeah, if you're someone that like thinks of yourself as like living the hero's journey, right? Like, you have to overcome all these things in your early life, right? And um, you have to get away from home and you have to, to go and live out um, your destiny and things like that. Like, I think you'd really like that book um, because it it really speaks to that. It really speaks to the, the, the journey that a lot of us have and, you know, not feeling fulfilled where we were and wanting to go out and find ourselves and and, and find our treasure, whatever that is. Um, and then I like in the book too, because it talks about just like how love is like the motivator in your life too, like a good woman or like family and good friends and things like that. It's like all you need to kind of motivate you to, to go out and like live your destiny too. Um, you know, like I've alluded to obnoxiously in the podcast so far. Um, I feel that way with the girl that I'm with. I feel very motivated to, to go out and 
um, do my best and, and go out and pursue my journey because I know it's, it's gonna like provide a good life for her. And, um, and you know, if eventually we have kids someday, you know, something like that, uh, I don't want to get crazy ahead of myself or anything like that, but you know, I, I, I do like to think bigger picture about a lot of the things that I'm doing now. Okay. Um, that, and then I also read the book, um, or listened to the book on tape on tape <laughs> in my tape recorder. No, um, I listened to, uh, to the book, you owe it to you, um, by Eric Thomas. I love how hyped that guy is. I think, uh, to be completely honest with you, Eric Thomas, uh, the hip hop preacher was probably my first exposure, um, to motivational speaking, oddly enough. Um, but he has a book that's titled you owe it to you. And the whole premise of it is, you know, the world's not going to make you do anything. Um, you know, it's not going to make you go out and be your best self. It's not going to make you go lift the weights. It's not going to make you eat the good food. It's not going to make you um, regulate your communication um, with your loved ones in a way that builds good relationships. And um, it's not going to, you know, you, no one's going to make you do any of that stuff, but you owe it to you. You owe it to you to go be your best self and 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 just see what, what you could be if you really gave your all and you really... Um, and you really didn't let fear hold you back from like going out pursuing your best self and letting the fear of failure, uh, fear, fear of failure stop you from like trying to live out who you really are. Um, I like that book a lot and I love that he reads it because he's just such a cool, relatable dude. And, um, he's always got such a great message with what he talks about. He is, um, you know, I know it says hip hop preacher, but he's like one of those guys that makes me love religion because um, he's more about like just helping people out and bringing people together than he is about like one denomination being right or this or that. And, you know, if, if, if you're someone that that believes that like that's, you know, that is your your right to do so. And and I support you in that. I just I just love people that love people and um I really like his message in the book. I think it's really cool talking about like knowing your value and, um, and, and doing your best and being truthful with yourself or where you're at and things like that. I really like that book. Um, okay. So next one says, what have you been working on? Um, yeah, the biggest thing that I've been working on lately, like I said earlier is uh, I've been working on updating the videos on my app, um, updating and making some of the habit, um, the habits more um, concise. I've been working on um, making sure that the um, that the personalized nutrition reports are solid, um, and making sure that the guides that I'm creating for sleep habits um, and stress management techniques and um, photo food journal coaching um, aspects of my app are all. Um, nice and updated and up to speed on how I want them to be. Um, I'm working on that. And then I'm also working on a presentation um, to present to the directors at Endurance Rehab um, in November about um, adding online training um, to their current business model. Number one as a way to um, support clients that get done or run out, uh, you know, that get done with rehab and or run out of insurance. I think that's a big barrier for a lot of physical therapists out there. Um, you know, they'll do their job in getting 
um, their patient cleared and getting them back up to speed and getting them healthy. But then, you know, if you don't have uh, a personal trainer on hand, you don't have a performance specialist on hand uh, to pass your client off to, you know, where do you go? Um, and how do you keep the money in the building? And how do you keep some continuity in your business? Um, I think a, a really great option for a lot of physical therapy clinics. And I think this is going to be the future of clinics um, that don't have personal trainers on hand is implementing um, online training similarly to what I I do with my app. Um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't replace in-person coaching. It never will. Um, but I do think that for clients that need structure and um, instruction and accountability and support and things like that, having an app with videos, um, having all the sets and reps laid out for them, um, having weekly coaching calls or biweekly coaching calls they can jump into to meet with um, an online coach. I think that's really going to be the future. So the biggest thing I'm, wor I'm working on is um, presenting that in a way, showing them, hey, you know, not only will this help improve, you know, patient outcomes, um, it'll make them more happy. It'll get them better results in the long term. But um, you can also make a ton of money. I, I look at it like this, like my current prices now are, you know, $200 per month um, for new clients. And, you know, if you think about it, right, like, I'm really a nobody compared to somewhere like endurance rehab that works with, you know, elite athletes. Um, you know, imagine what you could do with $200 a month across that many patients that get done with physical therapy. Um, you know, with people that just recognize, um, your world-class name and brand, um, you're going to have reach and you're going to get clients that way. So I really am working on a presentation to, um, present online fitness and nutrition coaching um, as kind of a way to, um, I guess, branch off of their current physical therapy model that they have and then continue to support clients going forward, um, filling the gaps in, in their already phenomenal training program and physical therapy program. Um, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, that's the thing too. When you come in uh, as someone that hasn't worked somewhere, um, and you're an outsider, I think you offer that outside perspective of, you know, what you guys already do is really great. You guys are world-class at what you do, but you know, why don't you try this? Um, I'm hoping to be that, that extra voice to improve an already great program. So I'm working on that. And then, um, I've been working on my YouTube shorts too. Um, I made it a goal of mine recently to um, try to increase the amount of subscribers I have and the amount of watch hours that I have because um, I think it YouTube has this policy that at 400 watch hours and a thousand subscribers, you start to get monetized for ads. So you can start making money um, off YouTube, off the shorts people are watching. And well, I noticed I was getting like, you know, a couple thousand views every time I posted a short. Um, literally just posting a video of me doing a movement um, with a caption and music in the background. So I'm like, Hey man, uh, I, you know, I, I don't look at myself as being a YouTuber, but I, I think you can tell by now I'm a dabbler in pretty much anything. Um, so I'm like, Hey man, I'm going to start posting shorts and just see where that goes. And, and actually in a week I went from under, uh, under a hundred subscribers to over 200 um, and from under 60 watch hours to 200. So 
I'm on my way. Um, I'm trying to just have a hand in a little bit of everything. I like to do the podcast and answer people's questions. I love doing the online coaching. I love filming. I love creating content. I love coaching people and I love, um, I love creating business systems. So I'm going to try to do a little bit of everything. So I'm working on a ton of different stuff. Um, I've taught myself how to do a lot of stuff over this last year, (laughs) crazily enough. Um, and I'm proud of that, but, um, yeah, I got my hand in a lot of different stuff right now, which is good. Okay. Um, what are some things you've changed or changed your mind on since starting a business? That's a great question. I think one of the biggest things I've changed is my approach, um, on letting clients dictate, um, kind of the pace of the programming. Here's the thing. Um, I think in an ideal world, right? Like we all like to just be like, I'm going to do this and get this right. Like a client comes in and they're like, I want to work out one day a week. I want to continue to eat the things I'm eating and I don't want to attend any calls and I want to get fitter. Right. I just want to pay you my money and I want to get fit. Right. Well, you know, I, 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 I think when I started, I, had consultation calls with people and I was so insistent on making it personalized. I'd be like, you know, how many days a week do you want to train? What equipment do you have? And, and I was really just trying to appeal to everybody under any condition. And I do believe in meeting people where they're at, but I do think that some people are not really willing and able to do the things they need to do to get to go, uh, to get where they want to go. Um, And I feel like it's a disservice to them to tell them, hey, man, training one day a week, not logging any of your meals and showing up to no calls is going to get you to your goals. No, you're wasting your money. Um, So I think one of the biggest things that I've changed in my coaching philosophy um, since I've started my online business is being like, hey, man, you told me what your goal is. Your goal is to lose X. Your goal is to eat better. Your goal is to you know, feel better, move better, look better, whatever, whatever your goal is. This is what needs to happen to get there. Meaning these are the progress indicators that will show you you're making progress. I need you to track them on a frequent, at least monthly basis. Okay. So that could mean, you know, every month I need you to take some waist and hip measurements. I need you to catch a weight. If your goal is weight loss, um, I need you to catch progress photos every couple months. If you don't do that, then I can't really help you if you're not making it to your goals. Same thing goes for nutrition. Hey, you know, in order for you to lose weight or lose body fat, I need you to increase the amount of lean protein on your plate, the amount of produce and, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables that you put on your plate. Um, I need you to create a photo, photo food journal so I can see that you're increasing those things. Well, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. Well, then I can't help you. Um, or, you know, like, hey, man, to get to your goals, you need to uh, do a total body strength conditioning workout three days a week. And you need to do ESD training, um, you know, like energy systems development, aka cardio, uh, three days a week. I need you to do that. And I need you to move on a daily basis. And I need you to track it. Well, I'm not willing to do that. Well, then I can't help you. So I think probably the biggest thing that I've changed is like, I want to meet people where they're at because I am empathetic. And I do want to help them um, discover the process of getting to their goals and help educate them. But I think some people um, 
especially when I was coaching in the beginning where I was just trying to get clients, right, to get myself started. Um, I put up with more shit than I probably should have and with people that really weren't ready to get to their goals. And I think my price point was so low when I started that surprise, not surprisingly, I got some people like that. Um, and I say that with love. I mean, you know, just some people are, are, are in different points of their life um, compared to others. Um, you know, the same thing goes with money too. I think that's another thing I changed was like, I'm at $200 a month now with new clients. And I think in the beginning, like I charge $40 a month, which is insane, right? Like, you know, you could come work with me in person for one hour. You pay more than $80 an hour, um, you know, $40 for two coaching calls in a month and your programming and a nutrition report and feedback on your plates. Like that's worth way more than that. But I think I, I learned a lot about my worth um, through working with clients that really wanted to get to their goals. I can think of actually one guy specifically that I work with right now. Um, you know, I would say that probably compared to some of the other clients I've worked with, he didn't have a ton of money. But when I told him the price of training, he was so insistent on getting to his goals that like money wasn't even an object. When you value things um, like your health and fitness or you have a goal for yourself, and you're not going to be stopped, um, $200 a month is nothing to get to your goals. $200 is nothing to um, feel better about your body, You know, get stronger, um, be able to have someone take a picture of you and actually recognize who you're looking at when you look at the picture afterwards. Um, yeah, I think that's a big thing I learned is is not trying to pander to people that like aren't willing to do the things they need to do to get to their goals. And then also knowing my worth, um, knowing my worth for my services. Um, you know, I think a big thing, like I said, I think great clients help me with that as I increase prices who are like, yeah, man, you're worth that. And then I think new clients that were like, yeah, you're worth that. And then I think it does help too. you know, working at endurance and being like, I work with MLS um, you know, I think part of that working with athletes, again, um, collegiate and pro guys, that is very helpful in being like, yeah, I know what my price is. Um, so yeah, those are the two things that I've changed my mind on since I started is, um, just making sure that I, I don't lie to clients and tell them that they can do less than what they need to do to get to their goals. And then also just knowing my worth. I think if you're a business owner, you're someone that's getting into training, know your worth, man. Know your worth right up front and don't let anyone else tell you otherwise because you don't need that in your life. Okay. <laughs> How long do you plan on living in Arizona for? Well, I don't know. Um, I love it here. I love the people I've met. Um, I'd like to definitely say a shout out to... Um, the guys I work with at Endurance Rehab, um, my boss, Ian, he's the, I guess part of my language, he's the fucking man. Um, he's really done an awesome job in uh, making me feel a part of um, their culture and, and making me feel a part of their family and, um, and you know, surrounding me with all these other really great coaches. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely got to say shout out to them. Um, for, for being an awesome team. That whole team at Endurance is awesome. Sherry and Hunter and Connor and Dan, all you guys are are, are awesome. 
um, and I've really enjoyed um, working with you guys. It's It's been a ton of fun. I miss coaching people in person. Um, so it's been great um, being able to work there. Um, so I'll probably be here for a while. I feel like I'm meeting people that are going to be lifelong friends of mine um, and, and people that are mentors to me and are going to be essential in my growth as not only as a trainer, but as a as a business owner, as someone that's, I feel like, transitioning into being more of an entrepreneur um, with my hands in a bunch of different things, um, I think I'll be here for a while. But um, I do, something I do want to do, um, and again, bringing up my girlfriend again, here I am. Um, I, I do want to, I do next year, I want to do an RV uh, trip. I want to get an RV and I want to do my podcast from the RV. And I want to train different places and I want to stop at different people's gyms and I want to see some different places. Um, it's a big world we live in people. And I noticed that just in moving to Arizona, it's like, wow, this, this world's crazy. This is beautiful. I grew up around a bunch of green stuff in Wisconsin, um, forests and things like that and, and fields. And I come here and there's mountains and rivers, like, like waterfalls and stuff like it's palm trees and stuff and I think like moving here just made me realize like how big this world is and like how much there is to see so um, I think like I want to continue to do what I'm doing um, but I'm trying to set it up in a way where like hey you know like I do my coaching calls remote I can do that um, you know consulting with businesses building apps for them things like that that can be remote um, Doing the podcast can be remote. Doing the YouTube channel can be remote. So I'm really trying to set up my life in a way where I can do all the things that I love to do and support my clients and, and create create something really cool for myself and for the people that, you know, uh, I'm surrounded by, but also have like that ability to move around and, and see new things because that's really important to me. And I'm going to take my girlfriend with me and her little kitty. Um, so I'm excited for that. Okay. What do you want to be known for? Um, that's a great question. I think the thing I want to be known for the most is just like that. I gave my all to the people that I love. Um, gave my all for my clients, gave my all for my friends, my family, people around me, um, you know, my loved ones. And I want people to like think of me as the person that went the extra mile that like did more than they, than they needed to that like, worked in and tried to grow and I'm not a perfect person either. Like I think I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. Um, probably more than most people, but I think like in making all those, I really learned a lot about like who I want to be and how I want to be known and, um, like the legacy I want to leave for like myself in this life. And so, yeah, I just want to be known as like someone that really loved people and really gave them, um, my all and, um, did more than I was asked and left the world a better place, even as corny as that sounds, <laughs> which it is corny, but that's me. I don't care. Okay. What do you struggle the most with coaching clients? I think I would kind of allude to what I was saying before is like, man, it's such a balance between, um, you need to be empathetic and you need to hear people. Um, some people just want to be understood, man. I think that's what most of us want. Um, they just want an ear. They don't want solutions sometimes even. I learned that in like relationships with people. Like I'm such a solution guy because I'm a coach. Um, but sometimes some people just need to be listened to. Like they're not 
telling you things so that you can go, well, you need to do this and you need to, like they just need to get it off their chest and talk to you. So I think one of the biggest struggles is uh, for any coach is like trying to balance giving good advice to clients and then just being a good listening ear and being empathetic. Because um, I think it's easy for us as coaches to jump in and try to provide solutions. But oddly enough, and I, I've noticed this in my own life, I think that like we always know the answers to like what we need to do to get to our goals. Um, I think our jobs as, as coaches is just to be a mirror for our clients and get them to like say out loud the things they know they need to do and um, get them and motiv motivate them to go do them. Um, so I think, yeah, that's a struggle because like I want to, I want nothing more than to get my clients where they want to go. Um, but sometimes that involves telling them um, some, some things that are hard to hear. Like sometimes like people aren't doing everything they can do to get to their goals. And sometimes they aren't doing their best. I think it's really important to like always remind ourselves and the people we work with that like you may be doing your best and you should know that you are always loved exactly as you are. I love everybody that I work with, like as they are, as they come to me. Um, but at the same time to like act like we can't be more than what we are today is like a complete lie. And I'd be doing myself a disservice to tell anyone that you always should simultaneously be very loving and very hard on yourself all at once. You know, I, I don't know if that's like very PC to say, but that's like, um, I find value in like the both, both parts of me. I find value in the, the part of me that's like, come on, you little bitch, like get this done. And then I also find value in the part of like, that's like, Hey man, like you did your best back there. Like keep your head high. Um, but, but I do that with clients. So that's, that's a struggle is like trying to balance that out for them. I know what it looks like for me. Cause I know me. Um, but sometimes even as, as much as you know, some of the clients you work with, like it's, it's a tough thing balancing out whether you should tell them, Hey man, you're just not giving your all and you're getting shitty results because of that. And then balancing out like, Hey man, like you got a lot going on. You do. And I hear you. I see you. And let's just work on taking one step at a time. Let's take baby steps. So that's a struggle um, that, that I, I think that I have in coaching. Um, to be honest with you, and this is going to sound cocky. Uh, this makes, makes me think of Dave Chappelle, but he's like, he's talking about like comedy. Like that, that's easy. You know, it's like, like he's so good at it at this point. Like I, I think like I understand programming and nutrition and, that that stuff is like the easy part. I think the hard part like in coaching is like getting people to buy in, getting people to like, um, you know, buy into your message and um, I guess like go out and do the things that you lay out for them because you can make the best program in the world and like if someone doesn't do it, it really doesn't mean shit. And if they don't understand how it connects to their goal, it doesn't mean shit either. Um, so I, I think it's like really important for me to like try to connect um, people's goals with what I'm asking them to do. Um, that can be a struggle at times um, because sometimes people don't share the complete picture of why they're doing this in the first place. Um, but I just try to do my best. But that's that's my honest answer with that. Okay. Um, we'll try to just do a couple more and we'll call it a day. Um
Um, okay. Oh, who are some guests you're interested in having on your show? Um, I think there's a few people I have in mind. Um, you know, working with the MLS team, I think there's definitely some pro um, or semi-private uh, performance coaches that I want to have on the show uh, for soccer specifically. Um, I think especially for the younger athletes too. I was, I was just talking about how like it's really important that you connect um, people's goals for themselves to what you're asking them to do. I think some younger athletes like they don't understand the value um, that performance training, weightlifting, things like that has in their athletic development and not only in their athletic development, but also their ability to continue doing what they love for the, the long haul. Um, I, I have no doubt. And you see this all the time that like you can play your sport um, and not lift weights. You can do it, but I think you can only do it so long before your body catches up with you. So I think, you know, something I'm really interested in is having, um, is having, you know, some of the MLS performance coaches on, um, reaching out to some of them, maybe collegiate, maybe pro, um, I want to get them on because I think it would be good for some of the younger kids to hear them talk about the role performance training has with their pro guys and things like that. Um, cause we do, we get, we get some kids that come in and train and they're just like, you know, team too cool to train. Right. Um, they're so good at their sport and they're just so used to dominating in their sport that they're like, well, what do I need this for? And I don't blame them. I don't blame them for feeling that way. But you know, when you, when you get, um, when you get pro coaches on the, uh, you know, on the podcast that talk about athletes, they know who are doing it, um, and how it's benefited their career and, and their longevity and how it's helped them make more money, things like that. Um, I think that'd be really helpful. So that's that's one of the groups of people I'm going to be looking at having on. Um, I'm going to uh, Brett Contreras is actually doing the glute guy. He's doing a free seminar tomorrow on Gilbert. Um, I'm going to go over and watch that. I'm going to do everything I can to uh, to introduce myself to him and maybe get him to come on the podcast. I have no idea if he'll do it because um, he's an important guy. Um, but hey, man, speak things into existence. I remember. Um, my first guest was Dan John and he's the whole reason I started doing any of this stuff with online training or starting my own business in the first place. I would have never imagined that I would add him on. Um, and I did. So I'm just going to keep shooting for the stars, man. And I'm going to try to get some of these people on that I think would be beneficial, um, to not only my own growth, right? Like I do this podcast for me cause I want to connect with like professionals um, but also like really beneficial thing for like any of my listeners who want to learn more about glute training and things like that. You know, if I could get bread on, that would be sweet. Um, and want to learn more about performance training, right. For any of the athletes that listen, collegiate or pro, um, you know, can we get a pro, um, strength conditioning coach that works with soccer on here and, and listen to what he has to say about what's important and, uh, what are the key elements of, um, you know, having performance training in your um, training repertoire. Okay. And I think this will be the last one that I do. Um, what are some things, what's something that people don't know about you that they should know? Um, <laughs> that's a loaded question. You don't want to know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. Like it, one of the biggest things I want people to know about me is like, I'm, 
I'm not just like a coach. I'm not just a performance coach. I know that's what I do for a job, but like, there's a lot of things that I love to do that really have nothing to do with coaching. Um, honestly, like I love to cook and I love to cook for like nutrition. I love to like cook fun, complicated dishes. I love to cook a lot of like homemade pastas and I love to make pizza doughs and breads and just like any Gordon Ramsay recipe. I love to buy like new cookbooks and things like that. Test kitchen stuff. I love to like follow reels and try to make what, whatever I see on there. Um, I love to read poetry. Um, honestly, um, right in front of me is setting like one of the books that I read recently. I like a lot of Robert Drake, um, poems. Um, I think they, they make me feel good. They give me a lot of perspective a lot on, on a lot of the things that I've been through in life. Um, I think if you're someone that is like a one girl or a one guy person and you want to like read things and surround yourself with things that like reinforce that like love is a real thing and that like you can find a life of value in, in like one person, I think it's good to read poetry. <laughs> And and I don't know. I have like no idea how my life's gonna unfold, but I love reading it. And um, I don't know. Should I read something on here? Is it like copyright thing? I don't know. Let's let's see if there's something in there. Oh, this one says when you recognize your flaws and work on yourself the best way you know how. Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's you. And maybe it's time for a change. Don't be afraid to blame yourself sometimes. Don't be afraid to recognize your flaws and mistakes. It is not such a bad thing to admit when you were wrong. It is not such a bad thing to want to learn from your errors, to want to improve on such things that need improvement. We all have them. We all experience this as we grow. So, yeah, I... Um, I, I like a lot of these things like they just like have like little quick feel good um, kind of perspectives on life and a lot of the things that we all go through. Like I said, I think the big one of the biggest things I like about coaching is like I just get to participate in the human experience. You know, what I'm saying like these are real people I work with, like the important thing to them is not being good at lifting weights. It's like their family and their friends and. Um, you know, all these other things that they love to do, like finding a life of like worth and, and value and, um, you know, doing the, th like, like I was talking about earlier in that book, like discovering their personal, um, you know, what their treasure in life is like finding their personal destiny and what that is. Um, those are the important things. The important thing is not, and I know it sounds weird. I'm saying this as someone that makes a living, like coaching people and talking about fitness and talking about food and things like the shit that matters in life, man. It's, it's not like how much weight you lift. It's not like your macros and your calories and your nutrient timing. And it's, you know, like what exercise you picked over another, like if that is the thing that like, you know, you're most focused on, like you're missing like the truly important things in life, which is like your family and your friends and like going out and experiencing life with them and like seeing new things and trying new experiences and things like that. And I just, 
you know, I don't know. I, th I think kind of going back to the question we were saying is like, what are some things that people um, should know about you that they don't or whatever? Like, I just want people to know that like I'm a person and um, although I am a coach, like I have greater aspirations than just that. I want to be more than that to the people in my life and for myself. And I just want to see what I'm capable of and try to reach my best potential. And then hopefully help everybody that is surrounding me reach their potential as well. And I mean that sincerely. I don't mean that as a soundbite. This is me. Um, but I think I'll end on that note. Um, it was nice doing this podcast and I'm going to leave it uninterrupted because I don't want to give people just like the social media version of me where I'm just like only giving you my best bites. Like sometimes like I take time off of doing things and they're a little, they're a little iffy. This podcast probably wasn't my best, but I did it. So cheers to uh, the next episodes after that. And thanks for listening guys. I really appreciate it.